Good morning. The prophet announces that Cyrus, the Persian emperor, is the one the Lord has anointed to end Israel's exile. The Lord makes this choice so that the whole world will recognize this Lord as the only God. Persia had a God of light and a God of darkness. The Lord claims sovereignty over both light and darkness. A reading from Isaiah. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him and strip kings of their robes, to open doors before him, and the gates shall not be closed. I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and riches hidden in secret places, so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel, my chosen, I call you by your name. I surname you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I arm you, though you do not know me, so that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make weal and create woe. I, the Lord, do all these things. The word of the Lord. We read the psalm for the day responsibly. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Declare God's glory among the nations and God's wonders among all peoples. As for all the gods of the nations, they are but idols. But you, O Lord, have made the heavens. Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord honor and power. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before the Lord, all the earth. Most likely, this letter is the first written by Paul. Paul gives pastoral encouragement and reassurances to new Christians living in an antagonistic environment. Their commitment of faith, love, and hope makes them a model for other new Christian communities. A reading from 1 Thessalonians. Paul, Savannah, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers constantly remembering before our God and Father 
your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your state sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. The word of the Lord. Please stand if you are able to receive the gospel. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. This is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. <clears throat> then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere, and teach the way of God in accordance with truth, and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us, then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> so a Dutchman was explaining the red, white, and blue Netherlands flag to, Amer to an American. He said, our flag is symbolic of our taxes. We get red when we talk about them, white when we get our tax bills, and blue after we pay them. The American nodded. It's the same in the USA, only we see stars too.
So Jesus is put to a test about taxes. Remember again, this is the period, excuse me, <coughs> this is the period um, after Jesus has come into Jerusalem triumphally in Matthew, and he goes and teaches at the temple. If we were the type of church which had uh, worship every week between Palm Sunday and, uh, and Easter Sunday, we would have this during one of, the, one of the weekdays, maybe Wednesday or something like that. But um, none of the Lutheran churches I know of, and I don't know of any churches that, that have that, <laughs> that have, you know, worship every day of Holy Week. So anyway, they want to find a way to get rid of Jesus, to put him to death, because he's a threat. A threat to Israel, a threat to the status quo, a threat to the religious, the professional religious class, because it's paid for. The temple was paid for by the Romans. The Jews had a, a separate deal with the Romans that they could practice their religion. They didn't have to worship the emperor. And in fact, Herod worked out a deal, Herod the Great, where tax revenue was funneled, Roman tax revenue was funneled into the temple. So the temple had this great big uh, structure, hired lots of people. Jesus was a threat. So they're going to get him this time. And so they have uh, this cynical, you know, cynical stuff. Teacher, we know you're, you're not partial. You're so wonderful. Tell us this. Should we pay taxes to the emperor or not? Now, if Jesus said, do not pay taxes, because this is an occupying force, that's against God, then he would have been in trouble. The Herodians would have reported him to the Romans. Here's a guy who's telling us not to pay taxes. If he says, yeah, pay taxes, there was a shame and a unlawfulness for a Jew to pay taxes because they had to pay taxes with a Roman coin. And the Roman coin had uh, a graven image. In the time of Jesus, one of them said, he had uh, Tiberius, Tiberius Caesar, uh, honorable son of the divine Augustus, high priest. In other words, there was the idea that Augustus had, was like a divine person. So it was dishonorable. It was carrying a graven image for a Jew to pay the taxes with a Roman, with Rome. You couldn't pay with the drachmas. You couldn't pay with, with, the, uh, with, with Hebrew money. So Jesus, you know, very uh, wise, says, okay, um, do you have one of those? Can someone show me? Can sh someone show me? what the, the coin is, and someone brought him a coin. Well, whoever brought the coin would have been shamed for ca carrying around a graven image. 
And he says, whose image is this? Well, it's the Caesar's. Pay, therefore, to Caesar what is, belongs to Caesar. Or it, really, the, the translation is better. Pay back to Caesar what is Caesar. Caesar's pay back to God what is God's. And so that's kind of a non-committal thing by Jesus. Because Jesus, Jesus knew he was going to the cross, but they weren't going to entrap him this way. So, um, by the way, this saying, there, are, there have been some scholars, the scholars back in, maybe I should say pseudo-scholars, back a couple decades ago that were trying to determine what Jesus said that was original that could not be found anywhere else in philosoph Roman philosophers or Greek philosophers or other religious traditions. And they tried to disprove that almost everything Jesus said uh, was original. Except this, they, they said nowhere else could they find this saying, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Now, Christians should be, it says so in the Bible, Jesus said so, right? Give back to the Caesar, what's this, uh, give back to the emperor, what's the emperor's? Also, the apostle Paul in Romans 13 says, um, give to, uh, pay taxes to whom taxes are due, pay revenue to whom revenue is due, pay honor to whom honor is due, pay respect to respect is due. He's talking about government. So, I mean, Christians, especially literalistic Christians, should be like, we take, pay taxes because the Bible says so. And yet there are Christians who are like, some Christians is like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to, isn't it funny? Christians who, who look at the um, United States as kind of like God's chosen, chosen country, they're very patriotic and yet they don't want to pay taxes. Christians, if you are a literalistic Bible believer, you should say, I pay taxes because Jesus said I should pay taxes. Now, of course, if our country uh, should ever become evil, we should resist. But just because someone has, you know, the opposite party is in control doesn't mean that you shouldn't pay taxes. We, you know, we're citizens. This is part of God's big thing, right? God is above the nations. We actually believe that. And this is proven today by Isaiah, where Cyrus, the Persian, remember, Persians were Gentiles, is God's servant. Isaiah says that Cyrus is God's servant. Do you remember what was going on? Remember Judah? Israel was in captivity in Babylon. And the Persians defeat the Babylonians. And Cyrus determines that he's going to return the people back to Palestine. Of course, he had ulterior motives. You know, Palestine was a kind of a trade route between Mesopotamia and Egypt. It was an important strategic place. So it's like, well, let's put the original inhabitants back there, and they will be, uh, they will 
be fiercely loyal to the Persians because the Persians were the ones that saved them. It's so ironic, isn't it? In today, when you think Israel and Iran are, are fierce enemies, it's, it's so interesting. But anyway, so Cyrus, a Gentile ruler, is God's anointed. So God's above, okay? Um, parts, of the, parts of the Old Testament try to emphasize God as Israel's God only. God is Israel's God and everybody else is an enemy of God. Later on, in the Psalms, in other books of the Bible, it's like, no, God is above even the nations. Even the nations, God is above. So, yeah, we should pay taxes. And if for some reason our country would uh, have an evil ruler, maybe we should resist, but we should be willing to go to prison. We should be willing to go to prison. We're not quite there, are we? We're so comfortable as Christians in our country. We don't think we'd ever have to go to prison. God is above all. Now, Jesus says, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, give back to God what is God's. How do you tell what is God's? <clears throat> uh, Caesar has, you know, the name on it, the, the face on it. This is, this is one of our quarters, it's not Caesar. By the way, can you imagine if, whatever, whatever your political stance is, can you imagine if, the, you know, the, the person you most oppose. Say the president who you most oppose was put on our coins and said, this is your God. How, how shameful that would be to carry a coin like that, right? And basically that's what they were carrying to pay the tax. Okay, where was I going with this? <laughs> so anyway, God's image is stamped on what? It's stamped on us. We are made in God's image, says the first creation story in Genesis. Genesis 1, we are made in God's image. Now, Genesis 2 has a different story. It has a story about how uh, humans become disobedient. We think that sin comes into the world. But Jesus makes us righteous in God's eyes. Jesus renews God's stamp on us. How does that make you feel? Give back to God what is God's. All right, your whole being is God's because you are stamped with the image of God. And Jesus renews that image of God for you in baptism. So everything you have, your whole self, is God's. We are to serve God not because, you know, if we don't, we're going to be in trouble. We are to serve God because God has put his image in us. He has stamped his image on us. We are marked with the cross of Christ forever. So we live our lives for God, or we should. 
we do that as a grateful response to what God has done for us. The Apostle Paul lauds the, the uh, community in, in Thessalonica. This is the earliest, probably the earliest letter when you think of, you know, years, probably written in about 50 A.D. by the Apostle Paul. He talks about how they have been a model for all the other Gentile Christians in Achaia and Macedonia. All that we could be, that the Apostle Paul or, or Christ could see us like that. You guys are a model for the what, northwest and west suburbs. What a model you are because you give yourself away. That's what we aim towards. Today we get to bless our quilts. It's one of the, one, one of the wonderful ministries we have, yes? And uh, so many quilts being put out by so many churches that, that bless the world. It's just so wonderful. Yes, we are made in the image of God Jesus renew us, renews the image of God in us. That doesn't mean that we're sinless, but we do repent. We acknowledge our need for God, and we are forgiven. There is no more fear of a wrathful God. God gives himself to us, and we are to give back, to give back 100% of what we are. And that means being generous in many ways. But remember that God first is generous in Jesus Christ. He gives himself in bread and wine. We take in the true body and blood of Jesus in bread and wine. Come and share in that meal. Amen.